Welcome and namaste to the Golden Child Podcast, the podcast to help you to reconnect with your inner child to live the life you truly desire. And here's the awesome intro. Welcome back, guys. Today we have Jill, our fantastic guest uh, from America. Thank you so much for coming, really. Enrico, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, fun that's fantastic, really. This is an awesome opportunity to really share your journey with our listeners. And why don't we start with uh, introducing yourself in a unique, inspired, and authentic way Maybe, I don't know, in a way they have never done you in another podcast before. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. I am Jill Oxter-Kern. I have a PhD, and that PhD is in transpersonal psychology and consciousness studies. My uh, Bachelor of Science degree was in nutrition. And so I, um, I am an American who literally is... Um, living overseas so i am international okay. uh, for all purposes i live a little bit in uh, germany and a little bit in the u.s and it's been a great opportunity um i have along with you know the academia i have also some very beautiful gifts i was born gifted uh as a um, child i was born with the ability to heal hear spirits and to um, feel I'm empathic and I see I see spirits I hear from the spirit world and so I've been using that along with being a yogi and a and a, just uh, a nutritionist so I like to cook and that's the that's the big that's the big me right there <laughs> I love it do you think that actually being between two cultures help you with your personal transformation between, you know, Germany and the United States. Uh, they're both, you know, I would say uh, the same in the same family of languages, but there are two different cultures. And did actually coming from two different cultures help you to open your mind to possibilities? Oh, sure. And to take that another step further is I believe that I had to leave the United States karmically to meet the people along the way that I okay. wouldn't have been able to meet if I was, you know, in Los Angeles, for instance, or because you have this getting out and experiencing people. And I, I have bumped up. We, I we started off in Paris and then we went to Belgium and now in Frankfurt, I have met people along the way with chance meetings and just amazing experiences of people that I, I did know before in other lives and, maybe did some clearing of some karma. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, let me see, if you could describe to your, to our audience, our listeners, in one sentence, your business, and what you do, how would it be? Well, I would just combine this, you know, yogi, the, the nutritionist, the cook, the, the healer, the, the empath, the, the psychic, I would just say that I'm a metaphysician. So 
I'm a metaphysician who inspires conscious living. I love it. Metaphysicians. <laughs> That's simple. That's one thing. Yeah, yeah, but I love it. <laughs> I, I think you're like me. You don't like labels, but I would say which one uh, vibrates the most with you? And probably metaphysician is more, I don't know, kind of in tune with you, right? I think so, because I yeah. I have been on this planet for a while and I've had I've worn all these separate hats. First, you know, I started as a yogi and then I moved into the healing and then I moved into the food. And then so it, it, if you have to combine them all, I think the metaphysician is really where Brilliant. I am right now. I'm going to take from there a video that you have on your website and you said you have domestic, demystified spiritual healing by openly discussing the benefits of energy medicine and its potential as a viable healthcare solution. Can you expand on the idea that our food should be our medicine and our medicine should be our food, highlighting the holistic approach to addressing the source of problem rather than mere, merely treating the symptoms? Let's talk about that. I really love yeah, the, the, the sentence that you posted on your website. The last part of what the, you just said. So the last one, basically, so let's comment on the idea that uh, food should be our medicine and our medicine should be our food. So holistic yeah. approach against uh, like individualistic. Let's talk. Let's well, talk let, me, let me just start by saying that a sickness is a defense against the truth. And that that phrase was taken from A Course in Miracles. And we we think about a cure. We think that we all want to be cured, but that's a transmutation. To feel better is taking a medication. So it's, health and healing is a frequency, and so is food. And um, you can't, so it all kind of comes together is that you can't have negative thoughts or eat bad food or, you know, in, in yoga, we call them some scars. You can't yeah. have these psychological traumas. You can't live that life. You can't live in the duality and experience the non-dual. It won't happen. And people say to me, well, I can't live in the non-dual and be spiritual all the time because I have to, I have to go grocery shopping and I have to participate. And I'm like, booey. The great yogis did it. We can do it. And Absolutely. there are people that are doing it. And unless we step into that non-dual, that's where the cure is. So I have people coming to me, primarily these days, people that have gone through cancer. So in the chemo, and they come to me with, they, they want to know how to eat better. And um, <laughs> it starts off with food because it really is important. It's fuel. If you put good fuel in your body, and higher frequency fuel, organics and, you know, adaptogens and um, knowing the foods that are best for your dosha, like Ayurvedic. Yeah. I, I practice Ayurvedic medicine. If you know yourself well enough and you know the foods that um, support you, you support your constitution, then you're, you're on your way. Um, I think what happens is that these cancer patients of mine, they they start to realize that it's not just the food. The food is only just the link to the mental, emotional, the physical, spiritual. Most of the people that have disease don't really have a spiritual life. They don't realize that those loops of mental crazy 
they don't need to be there. In fact, it's better that they not be there. And so meditation starts to become a new tool. So they eat a little differently. They start to meditate. And if they say, I can't meditate, well, I just say, just close your eyes, get some tea and close your eyes. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, um, yeah, everyone is so different, but it really is about wanting joy and wanting these higher frequencies in your life to, um, to transmute, you know, people look at energy medicine as like, that's oh, just the woo woo. Okay, we'll have Reiki in the hospitals to pacify, you know, the, the hippies. But, you know, energy medicine is really real. That's the medicine we've had our, all along in the in um, time, in the, in the ancient times. I mean, it's, it's older than old. And I know that, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Hawkins work, but he does this level of consciousness. And he says that energy medicine actually has a higher frequency than allopathic medicine. Okay. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. So I believe that people, people are, will be, if they're not already, I think they will be looking at health and wellness a little bit differently, especially after this whole COVID thing. Cause I think people started to look at, Oh, we have to take a vaccination and we have to take another one and we have to take another one. And then, yeah. and they're starting to think, Hey, maybe this is for profit. You know, yeah. in my dissertation work, I was trying to define the gifted healer versus just anybody, you know, compassion-based healers are great, but then there's gifted healers. And if you're going to do serious work, you should go with the gifted healer. Now, the gifted healers are people who have gone through an illness and have healed themselves. Yeah. That's what constitutes it. But, but, um, God, I lost my train of thought. But the, oh, no the thing <laughs> is, is that, <laughs> the thing is, is that, I, I believe that people are heading that way, that they want to be more in tune with their own bodies and they have more of an inward journey and it's coming. It's coming. I think what people are wondering is uh, rather than being that deep, as you said, what's more? Is it just that? Okay. I think they're asking themselves different questions from normal. I have a headache, I take an aspirin, and then I say, what if? What if? Mm -hmm. Just what if? There's no answer, but they, they wonder, like a child, wondering mm -hmm. is a beautiful possibility towards, you know, the unknown. Yeah. And the more you, that you linger in the unknown, is that where you grow? Right? Rather yeah. than spending so much, you know, in the, um, I would say in the physical world, spend more yeah. time in the the energetic word in the non-physical yes. word and i and yes. uh it's not something that is happens like between you know one day to another it has to be sustainable as we said before yeah yeah and it, it takes some work but i in my day i've seen people in wheelchairs get up and walk after 15 years i've seen yeah. people with ms walk away from the ms i've seen people who this one oh guy God. i worked with had he was going to the Mayo Clinic to have all his glands removed, and we worked with I worked with him for um, his sister brought him to me, and, and we worked about an hour, and he left, and he never went to the Mayo Clinic. I mean, just interesting, just unbelievable that can be believable, but it it is what if you know what if I could really not have arthritis anymore? What if I don't have to go have surgery? Yeah, yeah people, I love it. Let's connect this one with the service you're doing. So you have counseling, guiding, mentoring, 
could you differentiate the three different guiding system, teaching system you're providing, and why not coaching, for example? <laughs> well, let me start by saying co coaching, I think about my husband. He works for BNP Paribas, the bank in um, the French bank, right? So he actually has a uh, he went off and he has an MA in marketing stuff, but he has gotten um, some certifications in mar in coaching for the, oh. for his, so he does coaching at the bank. So people that oh. work for him, he'll on the side coach. And yes, it is a bit of a personal um, journey that he takes people through, but it's more of, it's more about fit, learning to fit more into their job specs, you know, the, a, more of a skill set. Okay. Here's yeah. your skill set. And I'm going to coach you to, so I think of coaching as there's specific, you know, one, two, threes, and, and this is how, you, how I can help you to obtain success through these logical left brain kind of logical method. Hmm. I think mentoring or t spiritual teaching or guidance, spiritual guidance, I, when I don't, every person is so individual and I don't have a one system fits all. I don't have yeah. a 10 steps to success. Me neither. And there's no 10 steps anyway. I mean, I just ask the spirit world how I can help this person, you know, move forward, stay balanced, uh, learn more about their inner inner selves, to make peace with who they are. You're talking about the inner child, just really to, to love the inner child. No one gets ahead unless you start loving, loving yourself, loving others, forgiving yourself, forgiving yeah. others. It's yeah, so I, I just look at teaching and guiding and mentoring because I think most of the people that seek me out are, they want to be more like me or, you know, or I mean, live the lifestyle like me. Like I eat only the certain kinds of foods. I love yoga. I love prayer. I love God. I love, you know, and I, I think that these people find a refuge in, in that kind of talk and that kind of energy. I would say, uh, what they can see in you is simplicity in a very complex world. Okay, what I mm, see nice. is genuinity. Like, uh, also, I see a healthy person re eating food, coming, you know, from the garden, not from the, yes. you know, like a <laughs> yes. grocery store or only um, organic, like... only organic. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. So, I had a relationship with a beautiful girl and uh, I don't know, a, a lot of the products came from the garden. You have no idea how cool they were, you know, the eggs, uh, you know, even the meat. I, I don't eat a lot of meat, but, you know, when I do, it has to be good, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the veggies and stuff, it, it's so good. Yeah. And people, like, uh, people want to feel good. Yeah. Right? People want I to mean, feel I, good. I grew up on a farm, so we Lucky. raised our own <laughs> beef. We had our own chicken coop. We had our own chickens. We had our own work i don't eat pork but we had all the vegetables i learned my grandpa it was a german farmer and then i end up marrying a german but he had an organic farm and um a, along with our other farm our bigger farm that we made yeah. uh, we had vegetables but yeah i could i knew what that frequency was when i went out into the world and i've always eaten organic as as much as i can you know best yeah. thing you can do you know as you said um Food has a certain vibration, and you know it has mm -hmm. to be according to your dosha. I believe in Ayurveda, but it has it hasn't. Uh, you, you don't need to follow like the rules like strictly. Okay, I'm uh, pita, yeah, no. so I eat that. Or I'm but, no, 
They're <laughs> guides. Know. They're tools. They're guides. Okay? You yeah. don't have to be obsessed. You just know that, for example, I am uh, Vata predominant, then I'm Pita, and then uh, Kapha. And that's okay. Yes. So I know how my body works. And then, you know, I can, I know what makes me feel good and what yeah. doesn't make me feel good. And that's okay. Yeah. I think there are guidelines. But people can, they tend to be obsessed by this. I think you know better than me. <laughs> yeah. That's where balance, keep finding that balance. But yeah, I think the obsession is what gets people in trouble with their yeah. health and with life and with the everything they want perfect. There's no perfection. There's finding perfection in the imperfection. It's, it's, it is like you said, the, it's a journey and it's one step at a time and staying in the moment is key. Not being too much in the past or past lives or too yeah. much in the future. Or I want to know this premonition about something to come. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just we're, we got a lot to handle right here in this moment. Yeah. I totally agree. And uh, that's very interesting because we were, talk we were talking about tools. Uh, and uh, one of the videos that you have on your website uh, says uh, that was really, really interesting. Uh, and uh, let me see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, the true balance, which is perfect, that goes beyond cleansing, detoxing, fasting, yoga, and meditation. Let's talk about that. By the way, I'm doing fasting, and it changed my life and also my, yeah. uh, I would say, um, connection with the food, really, in yes. a way that I have never thought possible. Yeah. But let's not talk about that. I want to see what you say <laughs> about that. They say, no, detoxing, fasting, oh, they are. Let's comment on that. Come on. Well, I, when I had my awakening, yeah, I got really, really ill. And so in order to be a healer, you have to be able to heal yourself. So I had this lymph gland that was like a golf ball size coming oh. out of my neck. And I, I did go to allopathic a couple of times with a surgeon and he kept taking bi biopsies and he said, ah, you're, you're, and then finally he saw that it was going down. He's like, whatever you're doing, go do that. So I was cleansing. I was not only cleansing my food because I have a pretty clean diet. I was, um, I did have consume a little bit too much soy, I think for my own good, but I, um, I was cleansing the mental and the emotional. I had, I was in a relationship that wasn't, that was toxic. Actually, I had just come off of a big lawsuit that, you know, was just really horrible and made me feel horrible. And I, I had to find my balance again. And so I was doing yoga at the time. I was eating just perfect. I was exercising. I actually was a marathon runner at, at a time, at a, also during this whole time. So I, I was fit. I, I thought I had it all going on. It's the mental, emotional piece because I'm very spiritual. But that, that piece was what rocked my world and I had to find my balance. So meditation is key. It really helped. And um, because a lot of people who do yoga aren't spiritual. No. And I mean, I'm a teacher of yoga and I'm spiritual and I'm psychic, but not all teachers are spiritual or psychic. And the people that do yoga, they don't realize that we did yoga for enlightenment and for to be the woo-woo. We wanted to connect more with our intuition. That's why we do yoga. And yet people think it's so surprising that, you know, like you hear spirits. Well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, are you a yogi? <laughs> Oh. And just keep doing more yoga and you might hear some voices too. <laughs> no, I love it. What, what you said, I, I think that the, the what you can say about this point is that these are tools. So yes, if you don't tools. put your awareness 
into the present moment. Uh, they are not helpful. For example, let's just say that you're having the most amazing nutrition that you can have, you know, best food and stuff and stuff, but you're always stressed out all the time, even yes. while you eat. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, it's if you're amazing. eating something and you're mad at somebody and you're like eating <laughs> when you're mad, I'm like, oh, imagine that's what horrible. That's, doing to, that's horrible. To your gut. Yeah. That's yeah. Horrible. I remember I ate a beautiful lunch, really very, very good. I was stressed out. I don't know. Uh, I don't even remember the reason. Gosh, I had a stomachache after that. Even yeah. the, good, the food was amazing. And uh, yes. I was going to say to myself, oh, my God, the, the, the food was terrible. I probably bought the, you know, the wrong food. I should have never gone there, blah, blah, blah. No, it's your responsibility. If you were hungry while you were eating, that's, why because, that's the reason why you were sick. Yes. Yeah. That's so important. I think teaching people that level of awareness, I would say responsibility is the best thing that you can do for your clients, your students, or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Sometimes, you know, when you point things out, I think people have to be ready to hear it. Yeah. Especially if you're really sick and, you know, I'm, I'm coming through and saying, well, you have a big responsibility for making yourself sick. They're like, oh, no, you can go to allopathic and they'll just give you some medication. But when you come to me, I'm looking for the core and I see the core and it really requires the person to roll up their sleeves and go, OK, I'm OK to be responsible for creating it. And I will go to that core level and transmute and cure myself. If they're not ready to hear. Well, you just said that's interesting because it happened to me. It happened to me um, a few times, not to me, but people I know that I was saying something, but they didn't like they listened to yeah. it, but they didn't hear it. Yeah. How would you approach that? I'll just say that, like, there are different levels of say awareness, and uh, let's just say it's mm -hmm. very, very low. What do you do to you know to help these people to hear you, not listen to you? But yeah, our conscious levels are all different. And so when you are, as a teacher, if I'm talking to someone and they don't, they're, a lot of times it's not that they don't hear me or they can't go there. It's just frightened. I, I see a lot of fear. They block, they block their resistance, the resistance to life in and of itself. So I just have to walk away. I mean, I can't be responsible if someone's not willing to listen. Yeah. I really just have to do my best, be kind and gentle, have discernment and say, okay, I'll be over here if you need, if you need anything. Yeah. It's super hard, especially, I don't know, if you are like an overachiever, I don't know, you want to help the world and stuff. And then yeah, someone. They're called want... wounded healers. Yeah. <laughs> but you gotta be, I think you gotta be really careful because yeah. uh, really you get sucked, you know, by people energy, yes. but it's not your responsibility. It's their responsibility. Yes. They're willing to open the door. You enter in the door, but you can't not slam yeah. the door and say, "Hey, I have the solution for you." No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's uh, very true. So, what are the main challenges that individuals face when they seek to shift consciousness and break free from the I call it the herd mentality and status quo? Because one of your books, actually, I think was. Your last book, you're actually challenging a lot of the status quo after, you know, COVID, you know, the pandemic, yeah. this shift yeah. of consciousness. So why don't we connect this one to the book that you're publishing right now? Okay. 
Yes, let's, let's start with let's start with the book. It's called Upside Down: The Rise and Evolution, and I pretty much meet people where they are at the upside down, at the crazy COVID. In fact, part of the story, part of the book, the first part, is me being stranded in the United States as an American, not being able to get back to my husband. I was stranded here for four months, wow. and um, so you can imagine a lot of my stuff came up, but I. I sat and I prayed and meditated and was really blessed with a lot of good information. And then it was almost as if my head, the top of my head was cut off and then information was downloading information that I don't think I've ever really heard before. You know, I've had many teachers along the way, but I haven't really um, heard this kind of information. It was so strong. And so that's how the book started to, to get written in the first place. But I was starting to look at the, the upside down is the duality, the the crazy that we live in, and we accepting that this this abusive kind of way to live or this sad life is okay, and it's not okay. There's so much beauty beyond. So the book eventually travels to the right side up, and the right side up is the non-dual. But the work along the way, I I kind of pointed out, and I have I love stories, and I'm a storyteller, so I, I share some of the stories along my path and along my awakening because so many people are awakening. We, the book really kind of goes into this awakening and discuss this third density to the fourth density, leaving this kind of sad world and moving into the heart. And a lot of people won't be able to hold that frequency in the heart. So a lot of people have used COVID to go to die, to transition. And then the ones that are here will have to work on their some scars to really kind of launch themselves into a, a new place. Everyone will awaken at a new level and Thank even goodness. have new bodies and new frequencies. And, and if they resist it, then they can go, they can, they can leave, you know, but it's I can a see a lot of time. sixth and seventh chakra in this uh, upside down book that you're saying, you know. A lot of, you know, yes. the third intuition and, you know, the cosmic energy of Sasara, the their last chakra. Am I right? Well, the thing is, yes, you're right. What happened is, uh, as I'm writing this book, I start to involve the law of one and some of the other channels that are out there. And now these frequencies are of the sixth and seventh. And now also, too, something to consider are there a lot of wanderers? And you've probably heard about this. It's been written about, well, it started in the 80s. So it's been around for a long time. Just all of a sudden people are remembering because it's really pertinent to what's happening now. But probably you, me, Janine, we are wanderers. We are probably coming in from the from the fifth, sixth, seventh density. This mm -hmm. is um, from we, we left our home planet to come here and just to hold this frequency. And we're not really attached to this world as much. And we really don't have a lot of karma attached to this world. But we're really here to be messengers, to be um, to be the teachers and to help ground it. And I think that this book has a lot of um, worth when it comes to understanding where people are. Like even the pain, the physical pains of living in the heart. I mean, I people have shoulder problems, heart problems, lung problems. And if you look at COVID, it mirrors back the the problems that people are feeling right now. The the lungs and the heart and 
there are the four chakra. That's where we're stepping into yeah. this fourth chakra density. Chakra of the heart. Yeah. Chakra I would say the also heart. the chakra, also the Maripura chakra, because, you know, the diaphragm. Exactly. One of the problems is that a lot of people can't, don't know how to use, you know, the, the uh, diaphragm when they're, when they're breathing. Yeah. And that's connected, yeah. you know, the Maripura chakra, the willpower that we have. Yeah. The Fushuti, the, the throat chakra is yeah. also being challenged because all this this heat and all this energy, like your third, fourth, or fifth, I mean, if we, the thing about the fourth density is that we're not going to talk as much as we, we used to. We're going to into more telepathic behavior. You know, when I just uh, maybe 10, 20 years ago, a lot of autistic children were being born to my students. Um, and so it, the message was psychically that we're, these children are telepathic and they're bringing tele, this telepathic nature to our world. So I told the, the, the mothers of these children, I said, this is a blessing and learn to speak more telepathically and really, you know, embrace that because I believe that's part of the journey here and now. I think it's all connected to the intuition, really. Like, I don't know. Yes. I hear a lot of people, you know, intuition, trust your gut. You know, there are a lot of, you know, books and sciences connected, you know, the connection between the gut and the brain. So it's yes. uh, so important. Are you familiar with the work of the chakras of Anodia Judith? Hmm. What, yeah. a, what a marvel. Really wrote it down. Anodia Judith. What a wonderful, I'm doing actually a course with her to really understand what chakras are really like how yeah. they work, you know, how, how, mm -hmm. you know, how, when they're balanced, where they're unbalanced, uh, you know, she's a uh, psychologist. So she combines psychology yeah. and yoga and, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. really. Well, they're the portholes. They're the portholes to our consciousness. Yeah. So each of them, I, I, when I do my healings, I will ask the spirit world, what dominant chakra does this person live? And they will point, they will, they will go bing or bing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like two through six. And then I will go into that chakra and discover their core issue. So, I mean, it, the spirit world doesn't make it so hard for us. We, we only have a couple issues in this lifetime to heal. And, and, you know, we think it's just oh, so much to know, but if you know your dominant chakra and you know the journey along the way of what that chakra needs to be um, aligned with, then you can, you can heal and have a beautiful life. So I, I well, I, I applaud you for the work with the chakras and you're this teacher. What's your, what's your dominant chakra, if I may ask? <laughs> mine, you have to ask. Mine is the throat chakra. I'm a teacher. Yeah, and that's I think why mine when I had well. that, <laughs> mine, I think so too. Yeah. That's why I had the lymph gland because that's the fifth chakra. Uh, and, and you have blue on today. So that, yeah, really rings through fifth chakra, I would say. We're teachers. Yeah, mm -hmm. as teachers, I think is the, the throat chakra. Definitely. Yeah. And I want to end this podcast with a, my favorite question which is uh so the podcast the golden child is all about authentic living for inner child connection so imagine right now what if your inner child was standing beside you right now what would you say right now to your inner child imagine well, that of course it's a part of a the inner child when she's yeah. struggling you know with some issues I would high five her. 
I love it. And tell her that I am so proud of her. We not only survived, but we thrived. I've had the most blessed life. And yeah, my, my inner child was badass, strong, powerful, beyond words. And I'm lucky because that, that helped my journey. I didn't back down from anybody. As we, I did my first healing on a cancer patient when I was in my teens. So I, I knew from the get-go, I, I never lost track of my spirituality. I never lost track of who I was. I never let people beat me down, even though there was abuse in the family. I just, my little girl was tough. And I always remember seeing her in a yellow dress. And the, my middle name is Louise. So it, she was really stubborn. And the, the caption above the, the me is Louise is hard to please. <laughs> it's okay. like... Yeah, no, no way anyone's gonna hurt me or, or do me wrong. And so as I merge with that little inner voice and that little girl, I feel so blessed. I really do. And, I, and I'm, I'm really glad that she was my guardian, so to speak. Our inner child is our guardian. Okay. I think even I would more. Say because, yeah. yeah. No, no, let, please. No, I would say because, you know, that's the beginning of it all the whole story like if i want to know about anyone's inner essence i go back to their their little child because we're born with everything that we need to know everything is already solidified and i'm sorry for all the being the the, the okay, it's okay no worry uh, <laughs> i thought i'd um so my so the guardian piece is that we we're so strong when we come in. In fact, we're so strong when we, we come out of the spirit world. Um, we're as close to God as we'll ever be. And so this is, if we can anchor there and not lose that, you not have a mother that says, well, see, my mom was a witch. My aunt was a witch. My sister's a witch. If you say, I, I, I know for the European crowd, they may think I'm really a witch, but I mean, spiritual you know, white witches. We were all very intuitive. And so I got firsthand information and I didn't get told, don't listen to the voice. Don't listen to your inner guidance. You can be tough. You can scream and shout. You can, you know, they, they protected me, but I was allowed to have the rhythm of my own, my own soul, the rhythm of freedom. I had such a sense of freedom. I had this big farm to run around and I, I knew no limits and it was just so beautiful and i i know kids that are born and they live in the city in a small apartment and they and everything is no don't do that it's not good it's i mean they're hyper managed or you know micromanaged and they don't they never really get to escape those those limitations and i just feel really honored and blessed today uh, and I feel honored and blessed to, to having you here to this fantastic podcast, which really it's blowing my mind how many, you know, good, nice, beautiful souls I'm actually attracting thanks to my energy. Yes. And uh, I feel so blessed having you here as guest. Uh, I want to thank you, our listeners, to tuning in to uh, listen to us or watch us on YouTube. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Golden Child Podcast, the podcast to help you to reconnect to your inner child to live a life truly desire. Thank you, Jill, 
for our uh your Thank wonderful you, words and inspiration. Thank you so much, guys.